us shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a Oh, the hilarity. Bill Willingham, ladies and gentlemen. Around, but then, then I lost my... You can do laps? Don't do laps around Convergence. Here we are at Convergence 2012 here in uh, Bloomington, Minnesota at the Convergence. I've never been to a Convergence. I've, never, uh, I've only been to one con, so this is very... And I've never... I've never been dipped in a con. This has been nice. So the Dork Forest, live Dork Forest here at the, here at the convention, um, and I'm very excited to be here. Wait, uh, how about a round of applause for our live uh, audio folk? Uh, there's live audio and lighting going on. Uh, it'll be fixed later, of course, by Patrick Brady, who does my audio fixes. And Vilmos works on the website. And Mike Rickberg just sang that song you heard, and he will not be singing the Mexican Hat Dance live. But I will put it when we drop it uh, on iTunes. The websites, of course, JackieCation.com and DorkForest.com. And uh, let's just get rid. I'm very excited. Bill Willingham's here. Let's have a big round of applause for Bill Willingham. Uh, I, I love this. The, the lights are so bright. I can see one person here. That's, that's very not intimidating. And she's the paparazzi. Are you the paparazzi? All right. Excellent. Well, tasteful. Very tasteful t- is what I'm saying. That's right. This is also being videoed, uh, so if Convergence people want to order uh, a a video, that's why I brought it up a notch. Uh, Which is is, uh, too bad they're videoing this. We we actually did a much better show backstage just now. Yeah, we were just talking for about 45 minutes, and I was like, oh, stop talking. Good stuff. Anyway, Bill Willingham uh, writes uh, about fairy tale peoples, and uh, I really like it. So, fables. I don't know if you guys read fables. Do you read that? Huh? And... I think the first thing I read of yours was Elementals, and then all the fable spin-offs, of course, which is Jack of uh, Jack Offables, uh, no, Jack yeah. of Fables, and then Fairest and Cinderella Spy, and then everything cool like that. Anyway, so uh, you live here in Minnesota, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> we are both here in Minnesota. We are. I used to live in Minnesota. I used to live uh, over on the West Bank by the Gaza Strip, but now. It is. But it's exciting. Are you going to be doing other things here at the convention, I wonder? Well, I had lunch. Oh. Um, Did you have walleye strips? I I did not. Uh, For those of you that are not, well, you're probably all native Minnesotans. I mean, you are required by law to eat walleye here at least once a day. And I I got my... uh, my walleye communion done early at breakfast, and so I, I got oh, to have uh, uh, pot, pot roast for lunch. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's a good yeah. meal as well. Uh, my husband, Andy, uh, had never had walleye strips. He was like, what is it? And I said, it's a f- piece of fried walleye. And he was like, that is all good. And, uh, and then we had it. That's a good story. I'm going to tell it again later. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> So twice now you, you've mentioned him as my husband, Andy. So Pretty proud. Pretty do we sad. just call him my for short? Yeah, just, it's, a, it's my husband, Andy. My husband. I, uh, I called him my husband, Andy, too, after you introduced me that way, and, mm-hmm. and, and he just gave me a look. It's um, weird because I, initially I could not say the word husband without giggling. Uh, because, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm recently married. <laughs> Looky, I got one. Is that uh, what you're saying? Very weird. Okay. It didn't because I was alone for so many years. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, and that, uh-huh. that is why. It suddenly turns sad. Just poignant, poignant. Okay. And I'm a beacon of hope. So 
We have that going for us. Should I just ask questions that I have from listeners? Ask, ask questions, sure. You well, know, first yes. I want to answer the Jack Offable thing. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to just call it Jack. It was a, it was a spinoff of Fables. And they said, no, it's got to mention Fables. It's got to be Jack of Fables, Jack of Fables. I didn't see that it was actually Jack Offables until about 13 issues in. <laughs> and then I called him and said, you know what the title of this book is, right? And I go... Jack of Fables. Like, no, read it again. It's Jack Offables. That's, that's the title you forced me to use. And they kind of like, oh, we would have let you have your way if you thought of that sooner. But um, It's better as Jack Offables, quite honestly. I don't know. Uh, it, we, he's a bit of a toy. We should have had more of him sleeping with his various sisters if that was going to be the title. That's, if it was or more alone time. Or more alone time. Yes. <laughs> and okay. that brings us into my first question from Negative Steve. At Negative Steve uh, Twitter, uh, he... So asked, you're saying that, a, that, that an implication of masturbation is a good segue for your first question? For my first second question. Okay, will this is going to be great. Will there be more Jack of Fables? Will he return soon and or ever? Will there be more Jack of Fables? Right. Um, yes and no. there 75 issues? There was uh, exactly 50 issues of 50 Jack. issues. Okay, we, I got to We entered sure. with a big, big Shakespearean ending um, <laughs> on issue 50. Right. Um, well, see, to answer that question, I have to spoil uh, the ending. And, and so judgment call. Should I, should I give you an answer? There may be. Oh, fair enough. Okay. That is a spoiler. The word maybe is always... Yeah. Wait, and but the thing is, is in, in the Fables universe, people are as powerful as they are believed in. Is that correct? Well, that's, that's the prevailing theory, although um, there, there is just one person who knows how it really works, and, and it hasn't all been revealed yet. Oh. The, well, the thing about Jack is that, is that near the, the last ten issues or so, we, we push the clock ahead into the future quite a bit. So regardless of what happened in that, that final Shakespearean ending issue of, of Jack 50, right. in the Fables book, uh, that stuff hasn't happened yet. So it is conceivable uh-huh. that there could be more Jack. Right. Um, and there's at least one way, uh, sorry, there's a hair, there's one way that uh, uh, post- right. Jack 50 that uh, he could put in an appearance or two. So it's possible. And anyway. in comic books, who dies? Who dies in a comic book? Right? Nobody dies in a comic book. Well, that's the rule. That's why we, we set out to break the rule. Oh, is that uh, there, what it was? There are, there, are some, there are some character deaths, at least in Fables, that are not going to uh, be, be reversed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. And some that might. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> that is so fair. Okay. Um, Karen Frank wants to know that uh, since you created uh, these amazing antagonists, the adversary and Mr. Dark, uh, do you feel the rising pressure to create another giant adversary like that? Uh, no. Well, yes and no. I, I'm giving such wishy-washy answers there. Right. Maybe. As a general rule, um, whenever I introduce a villain in any comic book, starting with the Elementals and with the short-lived Coventry, etc., is that when you introduce a villain, try and make the villain the most, most evil thing ever. Make the villain someone that, that the reader kind of shudders to spend any time at all with. And uh, to limited success, more in some cases, less in others. Uh, so, of course, we tried to make Mr. Dark uh, uh, a yeah, pretty... Yeah, Mr. Dark was extra creepy. He was, he was a he, pretty creepy dude. He for me. Um, I don't do creep well. Yeah, but uh, um, you, in my mind, you don't, uh, 
you don't do two godlike uh, villains back to back. You um, oh. you get a big we've overcome something that's cosmic and could have destroyed us all, followed by uh, something that just might cancerously eat away at a family from the inside, as opposed to oh, another big issues. thing. Um, that would be the best. That that'd be sort of an, a nice interim villain. Is something yeah. That was so sort of... so yeah. No, Mr. Dark. Just a lot of people, um, you know, harping on each other until they all develop <laughs> eating disorders. <laughs> Excellent. Have you ever thought about writing like a sequel to Two Weeks Notice? I don't know if you've ever seen Two Weeks Notice or music and lyrics. No. In in my life, I've never actually gotten Two Weeks Notice. Uh, um, oh wait. I, I tend to get the bill. You're out. Now. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Have you ever, um, have you, have, now, you've been, you've been doing comics for a long time, obviously, and you've been writing forever. Uh, so, but what were, were there day jobs in the beginning? Like, was there, did you Oh, God, no, I was saying? talking about my personal life. Um, oh. Uh, you, I you've had... been given notice, like immediate notice from, like, friends and family? What do we when... do? What just happened? <laughs> you've taken over. When a, when a yes, young lady please. looks at you and says, it wasn't just the orgasms I faked, it was the conversation, the interest, everything, um, you kind of get to... No, uh, Have we gotten poignant again? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, what was the question leading into that? Oh, two weeks notice. No, I two haven't seen notice. it. It's a, it's a terrible movie with Hugh Grant that I thoroughly enjoy. No, nothing? Nothing? Got nothing for you. All right. How about Avengers? Is that better? Avengers? Yeah, did you see that? Uh, okay, I'm done. Can I do a, a sequel to Avengers? Yes. Uh, you wrote Justice League, didn't you? Uh, for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and then, ju- no, Justice Society. See, Justice I don't Society. even know what I've written. But, uh, well, no, because Lee Bennett asks, uh, did you find uh, the difficulty of, uh, of characters in team-up books like Justice League? I thought it was Justice League. Well, that's, uh, Justice Society was Justice uh, the, Society. the proto-Justice League. Oh, was it? Uh, and the difficulty of characters in team-up books is um, uh, totally dependent on who gets to run the book. Um, when I was doing elementals, uh, there was no hierarchy saying you have to have this character do this, or we're borrowing this character for a while to be in this book. Um, Justice Society, they were uh, they guaranteed, you know, you'll have these characters, we won't mess with them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I spent a year, right. silly me, getting them all into the positions I wanted them to be in, just to really get started with what I wanted. But by that time, uh, they decided that no, we're taking this character for Justice League. Um, uh, this character's dying, this character's going mad with power. Uh, so the difficulty, of course, is to uh, write uh, within the confines of constantly shifting ideas from on high. Right. Uh, to, to write comic books in a uh, the company owns the character sort of way, you need to be a hit and run writer. If you've got a good idea, get it out quick. Don't, don't intricately plot and plan. I mean, in Fables, I have at least one plot line that is about to come to fruition that's been set up for eight years. I can I can do the long game. Right. In fables, can't do that in Justice With Machine, DC Justice or... the Society. You right. need to if you've got a story idea, get it out quick, and and uh, don't build get a going. build a fort that they're just gonna punch a hole in. Yeah, That's it's it's a difference between in one you start a marriage and the other you're visiting a hooker. Uh, you, right. You just gotta get... <laughs> a six that was arc a hooker. terrible metaphor. It's no, no. Actually, I think yeah. it was apropos. Um, so 
No? So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I did leave money on the dresser as I went from the series, but yeah, uh, okay. It's a, DC should have left it for you. Yeah. Right? You're right. Aren't I, you the whore in that scenario? I, I feel a little dirty now. Yes, I, yes, just, I did. I'm just clarifying for the... Okay. Um, how about John Slade's question, which is, what similarities and differences between the industry now and the 80s and 90s when uh, desktop publishing boom in individual titles uh, profoundly affect uh, your control of, of the... What a, uh, wow, did I not? That didn't ever... Yeah, so in the 80s and 90s, yeah, from then, from then to now, do you think in the in the early 80s, um, one of the main differences is you could kind of know, or at least close to know everyone in the industry. Uh, nowadays, that's not possible. Uh, it's these, so big. You know, I hate to sound like an old duffer, but these kids these days, I don't know one from another with their new books and their new ways and their new ideas, et cetera, et cetera. They are crazy. Uh, no, it's it's huge. Yeah. Um, Comics used to be this wide and, you know, that deep in the sense that, that every book had a lot of readers. Now comics is, is this wide, lots and lots of people doing it, and only that deep. I mean, even the most successful book will have maybe thirty to 50,000 readers. Um, so, yeah, it's completely changed in that sense. So are there new – do you think – and I, I just started reading comic books probably nine years ago. And so okay. – um, I just learned about going to the long boxes in She-Hulk. Anyway, I didn't know about long boxes. But the thing is, is the, do you think that there are more readers today than there were in the 80s and 90s? Or do you think that they're the same number of readers but sort of spread out? Is that what you sort of meant? Because um, there, there do seem to be a lot of titles, and I do seem to be spending all of my disposable income on too many titles. I think there's more, de- yeah, there's more dedicated readers now. I mean, uh, comics that used to be, they used to be ubiquitous. You could find them in any drugstore. So you had the casual reader was everything. The guy that would grab a comic because he felt like reading a comic, toss it out. Maybe someone would pick it up. Maybe someone wouldn't. But that's, that was the industry back then. And, and there were a lot of them because there were less, um, uh, less competition for your, your moment. Um, uh, now you, you cannot just casually pick up comics. Comics are, are not just out there. You have to go looking for them. Right, and the arc is too big, too. Like, where I, like if I want to start something, I feel intimidated and in starting in the middle of... Like, to start in the middle of fables. Like, when, when I... Because rec- I recommend fables to people. Yeah. But there's at least, what, at least 11 books? Yeah. We're... Uh, we're uh, what, what book number are you on? Volume 17. 17? Like so, yeah. And, yeah, at um, least 11. At least 11. It's... Well, because I... But Andy owns them all from the beginning. He's been on the ground floor of fables. Andy and got really tall because you pointed really up tall. towards us. I really admire him. him. I do look yeah. up to him. I've always looked up to him. So anyway, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Anyway, uh, we still say spoon or be spooned when we go to bed. Great. Yeah, there you go. Huh? Safe space. Safe space. Convergence. Safe space. Okay. So. Um. <laughs> you guys are like, fuck off. Move along. Okay. okay so fair enough. Yeah. Next question. No way. <laughs> okay. I'm going to answer your question because it's yes, it is. It's troubling to get into because we do these epic series. Look, we've been begging all along to be treated as a legitimate literary medium. To be a legitimate literary medium, you you cannot have a complete formulaic, you know, one 
issue per story. Uh, right. The hero has to beat the villain by this page. You know, and those were all rules that you have to you have to introduce the hero for someone who's never read him before. He has to have a fight with the villain by such and such a page. Has to be resolved by this. If you do formula, you're never never going to be serious literature. We want to be serious literature. You're going to get long form. Right. Um, there have been fables. Well. Uh, there was one fable story that went on for 12 issues, uh, The Good Prince. Right. There are fable stories that have gone on for one page and everything in between. Um, when story length dictates uh, what you're going to do, then you're not, doing, you're not serving the story. You're, you're, uh, uh, you're serving, what, the perceived attention span of your reader? But, but that's not what we're well, setting out to do. Plus, one thing they never had then comics back then and until just recently were disposable literature. You read it, you throw it away. That's it. It was like a newspaper. Um, some people really? saved it, but they were okay. kind of like... But for the most part, people just read them and they were done? But now, yeah. Or, or maybe they read them again, but, but you didn't hold on to them, so you don't have long epics. Oh, okay. The, the advantage of fables now is, yes, there's a lot... If the you come into the huge. middle, it's you can be lost. World. But, but every single issue of Fables has been in print since Fable 1. Okay. We have never had a single issue of Fables out of print in some form or another. Everyone who wants to read Fables, for example, I, I, this is not just a commercial for my own book, can come in for issue 1, and it's not like I'm going to get on this bandwagon, oh, but it's, I've missed it, it's too far along. It's, 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 it's not... It's not a bandwagon. It's not, it's not a, a bus or a taxi you've missed. It's a road you can walk on. And it's like no one is going to, well, I'm not going to take this road home. Someone else has used it before. Right. You start your, your trip home or your trip to wherever, anywhere you want, anytime you want. There's plenty of people on the road already. Some people have been there for a while. Some people are just starting out. And some people are going to start after you do. Um, it's yeah, I'm perfectly easy to to start the story. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to backpedal uh, okay, completely do that. and say, uh, yeah, because it's not like the characters are not recognizable, and that and that as you if you read one issue, by the end of it, you're like, oh, I I get it. This is a family. This is, but that you know that guy is obviously the big bad wolf, and or, I, even if you don't recognize the icons from fairy tales, yeah. you know that well that's his family, and they the wind is involved. All right, I'm in, um, but uh, you know. I mean, the, right. you could follow the story wherever you start. I think you're right. Think they, they talk about the, uh, the, the, the value of the elevator pitch, which is a pitch so succinct that you could give it in the average elevator ride. Yeah. And I've never had a book before that I could do as an elevator pitch, except Fables, which is every fairy tale character you know, this is what they've been up to lately. That's it. That's all you, <laughs> that's all you need to really know about this book to get started. Right. Well, Actually, people, you don't. You could go in cold, and you'll find that out within the first few pages. Right. You'll... you'll You'll recognize the tropes at the very least as as you go along, um, just because they're heroes and villains, and and you're like, oh, I understand that's a good guy, and I understand that's a crazy woman, or a good a good uh, heroine. <laughs> right, I'll be over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid the easy joke there. Uh, please do. Thank uh, you. All right. Somebody asked uh, me to ask you about. I don't actually show up on film, so I'm Leia, sorry. Who are you, a vampire? It's a. Uh, All right. About, I don't have I'm the right sorry, father what? issues. Someone's asking about Leia. Uh, the guy who oh, does your inks, I think. Steve Lealoha. Thank you. Thanks for playing. It's it, it's an you easy can take name over to remember. Time, by the way. He's yeah. he's Hawaiian. Okay. 
And his name is composed of the two words in Hawaiian that everyone knows. <laughs> alei and aloha. Ah, that's it. That's it. That's his Steve name. Steve Lealoa. Right. Okay. I thought it was made up for a long time because, like, that's just the two words in Hawaiian everyone knows. You're a pretend Hawaiian. But no, that's his name. <laughs> and he does True the inking. True story. It's a good one. Yeah. And uh, so uh, the question was, is how great is that guy? How great is that guy? Bob Calhoun would like to know how great is that guy. That guy is so great. Is he great? That guy, that guy is wonderful. You, no, he is. Don't laugh at that. He's a good fellow. <laughs> I'm not saying that ironically or sarcastically. Or, um, no, he is a wonderful inker, terrific artist. Uh, when we talked about having a regular inker for the series, I talked about, well, let's get someone who um, can just draw like a dream because... Uh, uh, you cannot be a good inker if you don't know how to to draw yourself. And he's just the the regrets is that 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 uh, we've done a couple of stories uh, with Steve as as the pencil the the illustrator, um, and he's wonderful. But boy, he can ink up a storm, and he's just he is just a fine fine fellow. All right, I like it. And um, so. BillWillingham.com, obviously, you said is going to be revamped. And yeah, it was lying fallow for a while, but uh, it's about to, to uh, reemerge from a cocoon all okay. better. And you're on Twitter, and everybody can go see I'm that. I'm on and, Twitter. At and all of, all of your stuff is still in print, so everybody can go read all of that. All right? the Fable stuff is. Uh, lots of my early work, um, Elementals, uh, will never be seen again because it's owned by a madman. Um, okay. But uh, it's a long, 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 long story and kind of a bitter story. And and this would not be a a funny podcast if we got into it. All right. Um, But one day we will hunt him down. Yeah, you think, but no. With pitchforks and fire. But no, Um, no, he lives on a mountain. Okay, so uh, you, you know what you could do? You could vilify him. I've had a lot of women tell me, do you know what you can do? But go ahead. Give me... Try, try for one I haven't heard before. Excellent. You could vilify him and put him in a comic book. I could vilify him and put him in a comic book. Funny or... story there. <laughs> Amy Kahn, uh, who was as lovely a, a woman as you can be, uh, broke up with me just about the time I was doing the third issue of Elementals. And it was a story where we revealed that our villain was actually uh, Lazarus, who was raised by the dead uh, in the from the dead by Jesus, mm-hmm. um, but didn't want to be not dead since he was in paradise. And but Jesus to show off, said, "No, you're back alive." And so he turned kind of uh, kind of uh, pesky. Um, ah. But uh, there was just a one-panel uh, sequence of showing that you know Jesus was reviled because you know he consorted with prostitutes. So I I, I had to draw a biblical prostitute, and I was kind of <laughs> mad at Amy at the time. Uh, so I drew her as the biblical prostitute. Um, she looked cathartic. Good. It was fine. Oh, she oh. looked great. But anyway, okay, there you go. Um, I got over. I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're mad at first, but you get over it. And about ten years later, I was snowed in in, in uh, Wisconsin uh, with nothing to do. This was pre-internet and pre pre just about everything fun except for the the telephone. And I decided to see how many. I'm going to be here for a few days. How many old friends can I get recontacted just using the telephone uh, until they, like, dig me out? It's an awesome game. Um, I like that. I called her after about 10 years. 10 years never speaking to her. Uh, got her on the phone, said, Amy, this is Bill. And she says, yeah, I saw the issue. That was the first thing, first thing she said. 
<laughs> now, that's very disconcerting, but it's also very complimentary. It's like, yeah, I got your likeness pretty damn good, didn't I? Amy? And I was still buying issues. So she was still collecting the book Well, and reading the book. She was then. Um, well, sure. I don't, uh, by the, Elementals was long gone by that time. Um, but, uh, yeah, Great. so we had a nice talk. She was married to the guy that she left me for, heart surgeon, so, you know, I can, I can understand that. But, uh, um, and she was a sculptress. She was, she was just this amazing sculptress. Uh, did stuff for the Franklin Mint to make money, but she did portraiture uh, for her art, and it was just terrific. Well, that's uh, and one day, recently, um, I Google searched her just to see if she'd kept up with her sculpture. That, like, now everyone's on has oh, yeah. web pages now. And uh, she used herself as a, a model a lot, uh, which is great because, you know, you may be my ex, but I still have a nude of you in my library anytime I want. <laughs> but um, uh, I saw some of the new sculptures she'd done since we'd been together, and she ran off and married this, you know, heart surgeon. Right. Um, and uh, there was one that was obviously her as a model, and it was a, a naked woman kind of laying, writhing on the ground, wrapped in barbed wire, and just in agony. I thought, well, that's kind of, she was never that dark. That is, that is a, a, a dark does not piece of work. And then I saw the title, which is Wedlock, and I laughed. <laughs> I well, called her up on that. So, yeah. what did you call her again? Oh, good. Yeah, you know, I had to say, I, she's I, never changed her as number. As a matter of fact, just, my very first, you know. no, uh, okay. her studio number, she hasn't. Oh, my very first yeah. words is, Amy, I saw the sculptor. <laughs> so, it was very good. That is fun. You know, except for the fact that. Uh, it turned honestly, out to be a creep, and she was in agony. Um, right, right, that it didn't work out. But you know what she did? She created some amazing art from that. She, anyway, did some, she created some amazing art. That's, uh, yeah. Now, did you, have you done a lot of other kinds of art besides drawing and writing? I mean, have, have, did you do fine art yourself? Have you painted and done sculpture and anything else like well, that? Well, I, I do a nice interpretive dance that I, I'll do you for do you do a little right bit of now. that? You, no. You ever do a little macaroni and gold I don't paint? Macaroni figures, yes. Yes? Um yes. You do live in Minnesota. I mean, there might be some glue gun and, and some crafting going on. Yeah. Make your I, own canoe. I, I write. I have drawn. I may draw again in the future. That's that's it. That's that's. You enough. haven't done a lot of drawing recently, or you're mostly. I got slow. Um, I got I got particular. Um, I oddly enough, early on, I was known for someone who could draw fast and finish an issue when someone else had had blown it. So, but unfortunately, when I draw fast, I draw badly. Uh, not to say I draw well when I draw slowly, but but at the time, I was turning in a lot of bad work, and I I got particular. Um, and as I got insistent on on actually only producing at least things that passed my muster, right. um, I slowed That's down. So it was a choice. Uh, I could possibly draw an issue a month and be in the comics field, uh, but I could not do anything but that. Okay. Uh, or I could do something like write fables and novels and et cetera, et cetera. So the, the, right. the choice was obvious. Right. So do you, um, do you ever draw for fun, though? Sure. Oh, good. Sure. That's um, it's nice, it's nice to, I like it when people have a, have a, they still do things for fun. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You bet. Skateboarding? Anything? I yeah no. A lot of them. no. No. <laughs> Did you do any of the outdoor uh, the outdoor Minnesota things? Well, um, 
I, I moved to Minnesota just because I was visiting a friend, a friend I knew in the Army, and he is Mr. Outdoors guy, uh, doubly so since he retired and decided that I was going to be his permanent playmate. Uh, <laughs> so he does hunting, he does fishing, he does uh, motorcycling in the summer and snowmobiling in the winter, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm expected to do that all that dipped. with him. So do, do you do that with him? He's a career killer, yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I am easily seduced away from, uh, from the work table. Uh, but, but, but I'm nice. trying to be good. I'm trying to get some stuff done. Okay. But that's uh, that's great. So you go out hunting and fishing and snowmobiling and motorcycling? Well, I don't do that. I, You okay. know, I was already 17 once. I had a motorcycle when I'm 17. Okay. I found out why. Um, they have, and this is, this is going to floor you guys. All right. They have this version of motorcycles that have two extra wheels and a canopy over you to protect you from all the crap that's wrong with riding motorcycles. And there's usually a 57-year-old guy riding it. Yeah. But he's so, not really riding it. Isn't he driving Yeah. It? Uh, as a matter of fact, I drove one of these things today, and, and it is so wonderful, and it is so much better than a motorcycle. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, he, he's into that kind of stuff, but uh, I find that, that uh, a vehicle is good for getting you down the road, and a car works just fine. It is nice. You know what I've always wanted? That um, I always wanted a MASH Jeep. And then I ro- a Jeep from the TV show MASH. Like a 1952. Uh, but it like turns a, out. Like a MASH era Jeep? Or yeah. you wanted one that was actually used on the. No, no, a MASH the, era Jeep okay, from, sure. from like Korea. And then uh, I really. Yeah, when I was in the Army, I was still in the. Uh, that's were, they we're, still, were they still riding around in, in that era? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm an old man. When I was in the Army, we. Uh, that, you were in that's the Army in 1952? I was in the that Army in, in 77, but that's where we were oh, still 77. using. 77. Yeah. yeah. They got all the year, good actually. stuff. They got the better uniforms, the better boots, the better guns, the better the Humvees instead of the Jeeps. As soon as I left, it's like, he's out. Let's get the good stuff. Right. And then they had boom boxes to play music at the. Oh, uh, no, we had boom say boxes. say anything thing. No? We okay. had boom boxes. Oh, did you have boom oh, boxes? Yeah. I did not have a boom box, no. So that, anyway, you had okay. a mass Jeep. You I got always to ride wanted, and then I got to ride one, and then I never wanted the mass Jeep because uh, the shocks suck. And they're terrible. Yeah, yeah. They turn over all ride. the time. I'm 107 years old as well, and I would like to ride on a stick yeah. of butter. <laughs> and uh, and uh, just go smooth to the finish. So Plus, the best thing about the mass style Jeep, well, the, yeah. the, the, the Army Jeep yeah. that you probably didn't get is they're only really fun. If you have the the big machine gun mounted on the back with the guy to shoot it, otherwise they're not nearly as fun. Right, it's true. That yeah. <laughs> there's a little more. It's uh, what did you do in the army, if I might? Let's go there. Uh, at I'll this point, there. I was I was uh, guarding and transporting nukes, and and we were threatening to shoot people that would try to to touch the nukes. Oh, who wants to touch nukes? Well. Bad guys or just well, the people going, is, is, oh, my God, it's a nuke. Yeah. Well, we, there's a place where we kept them and the place where we got to the airport to ship them out. Uh, and between them, there was, like, lots of, you know, civilization. And, uh, and we had to, you know, convoy them. Oh, right. By the way, every okay. convoy that you've ever seen uh, convoying a nuke in, in TV or movies, they've done it wrong. They, you know, none of, the, none of those would be stopped by, by the helpless woman in the road who had an accident. Oh, oh they would just drive over her? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Well, I, if you're driving nukes, you have a priority, and, it turns out. And some 32-year-olds. You know, when they, they get the convoy to stop and then they capture the nuke and all that kind of stuff, the one thing that we weren't supposed to tell you, I, uh, my clearance is already, <laughs> Spoiler. is they're 
sealed in a double container. There's the one with the nuke in it, and then there's the outside container, and there's nerve gas in between. So, you know, you're not even going to get the nuke without, oh, without right. being like, You're you going to get nuked on dead, the way to getting that dead. nuke. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I like it. It's, you know, I went... Uh, this I went is up, a pretty far-ranging... Uh, uh, oh, we'll talk about anything. Okay. I'll talk about... So you were guarding nukes. Were you driving the cars, or were you... Um, and well, when you say between whatever it was, and whatever... It was called a custodial agent. Basically, uh, um, we, we guard them, we transport them, and in case they're about to fall into enemy hands, we knew how to blow them up under the, the idea that they would not sympathetically detonate, meaning you can blow up a nuke without actually setting it off as a nuke. Oh. Blow it up to keep it out of other people's hands. So I got a, a, yeah. a few skills. That's, that's so. a cra- First of all, that's kind of a relief. Because the thing is, is if, uh, if, 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 the, if the option is it's going to go uh, a Russian spy, obviously uh, somebody from Rocky and Bullwinkle yes. wants uh, the nuke, uh, there's a way to sort of make it into a non-nuke again. There's, I mean, the yeah. uranium is probably still there, but it would just be a regular Oh, yeah. Bomb. It'll, it it, it, it won't be destroy. You won't be happy. Right. Right. Um. <laughs> But no one's you won't you won't have an entire country disappear just sort of like you know a block or two. Right, it's not yeah. an episode of Risk yeah. Legacy that you've created. I see. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Uh, ooh, hey, do you game? Pardon me. Do you game? I will ask you about anything. I, yes, yes. Okay. I have. I have. I Board have games, in... card games, video yes. games, all of those. You Solitaire. Bet. What do you like the best? Um, when I can find a good poker game, that's. That's what makes me happiest. Weirdly enough, there was somebody who asked about that. It okay, was about let's Proposition go to it. Player is uh, a, an amazing uh, series, according to Chad Orson. Uh, do Thank you, play you Chad. Much? Yes, he's here, as a matter of fact. Thank um, you, Chad. Yes. Uh, do you play much poker? Uh, not as much as when I, I moved here from Vegas. So I played a little more in Vegas. Wow, you uh, lived in Las I, Vegas? Yeah. Um, I took a year off of comics to to p- play poker professionally for a year just to see if I could. Uh, and the answer was, yes, I could, but not well. Oh. I could <laughs> I could afford dinner, but not a good one. I could afford um, a hotel room, but not a good one. As a matter of fact... Uh, the character Joey Martin, the the uh, the really ramshackle uh, rent by the week uh, dump that he lives in in the comic, it was where I was living. That was oh, uh, really? drawn from life. So yeah, <laughs> that's uh, so. The people who do play, I mean, because sure. every in in every job, there's different levels, right? Uh-huh. So there are people who say that'll be enough for me. I still want to play poker for a living and sure. have a shitty dinner and live in squalor because I love poker that much. But you essentially made the decision and you were like, well, I'll just play as a... Well, no, it was it was a decision that... that was it um, Texas Hold'em, by the way? Uh, it was often Texas Hold'em. They were still playing uh, seven-card stud a lot when I was doing it. Uh, the problem is, is not uh, that the, the skill levels don't get appreciably better uh, as the uh, rates go up, as as the stakes go up, okay, um, and until you get to the 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 creme de la creme of poker players, the sitting down in million dollar games, they get Those pretty good. Are... But that's where um, the jump is between regularly good players, and then it genuinely you does have change. you have the great players, and then probably the the next best level of good players are the lowest level because they hold on to their money the way. Um, 
um, something metaphorically would hold on to something they really metaphorically like a lot. Um, he's a writer. Yes, I, I, he's I'm a, writer. a wordsmith. A wordsmith. Um, these are my weapons. Um, but the problem is, is, is that I could, I could win enough to keep me going. But what you really want to do is, is grow your bankroll. That part of money that you can never allow to diminish. Uh, so that I could get to the bigger games where people were a little sloppier and I could I could uh, ah. play a little looser. The tightest players in the world, the 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 people that won't go in on anything but but uh, jacks wired, which is a term. Um, what does it mean? It means jacks or better two jacks that no one can see that you have. You oh, get two jacks wired. down; those are wired. Got um, it. Yeah. Uh, and, and the best, of course, would be something showing, and you got two more of them in, in your hand that they can't see. That, right. you know, but people would not go in until that. So it was very conservative play. So you had to be very, very tight uh, to play against them. Uh, so my game got pretty good. Yeah. But never good enough to where I had enough of a bankroll to make the next step up to, to play with looser players with more silly money. Okay. Um, there, there are lots of levels of players that come into town with just money to throw away, and I would very much have liked to have been one of those <laughs> sharks circling around, ready to, mm. if you're going to throw it away, I will, I will indeed take it. Trust fund babies. Yeah. Sure. So I did sure. that for a year and then went back. You know, I, I solved for myself, like, okay, I can I not be homeless on the street as a poker player, but I'm never really going to get better than this. Right. I, and, so now and I got a book out of it and... Oh, that's what's time the book? to get back to proposition players. Right. Oh, sorry. Hi. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I will link that in the notes as well. And okay. It's, it's uh, and that'll be good. Uh, so, what's the next question? What else do I got going on here? Uh, oh, do you hate Aquaman? That's not enough. That's not enough of a question. What do you think about Aquaman? <laughs> do you have an opinion right. about Aquaman? Seems unlikely. Do you? I suppose <laughs> if he was. <laughs> To drop by, I'd feed him. Uh, oh. You know, uh, um, is he? Uh, I, I is he a vegetarian? Does he only eat seaweed? What do you think Aquaman eats? I've never followed Aquaman myself. Do you read? A... I, I tried to uh, um, get an. Aquaman was considered pretty success-proof for about thirty years. I understand the series that they're doing now is pretty good. Okay. Uh, haven't read it yet. Um, but Aquaman was, was terrible for so long, and I tried to, to do my version of Aquaman, which was basically they, they established in the DC universe that Aquaman is the king of Atlantis. Atlantis is about 10,000 years ahead of any of the surface worlds in technology and is old, sunken Atlantis. Uh, so my idea was, uh, you know, if alien ambassadors were going to visit, which they have in the DC universe, sure. uh, they wouldn't go to these, you know, barbaric surface worlds. They would... They would go there where there was civilization. Uh, so really the story of Aquaman was the story of a guy who was king of the world, literally king of the world, um, and the, that our, our planet was a water world with isolated instances of land, uh, which it is. Which makes sense, yeah. Um, so it was all about the politics of being king of the world, who, and from time to time as a hobby, he'd play it being a superhero because, uh, you know... Guy's got to have a hobby, you know. Right. Other kings would play polo and golf. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I will be a superhero with these quaint, primitive, little barbaric people that are up there. Right. But 
my real job is running the the world. Right. Uh, and DC hated it. They just said, uh, "No, we want the we want the guy that gets people out of boats and stuff and saves them." <laughs> um, so they didn't go for it. And every once in a while, when Aquaman would whatever take they they took on it, then I'd trot it out again and get it rejected. So, so yeah, I'm a little. I, I have a a, a love hate relationship with. With right, the character it in the been, sense that would have been amazing. Of, uh, but I, I ended up doing it in um, since I started writing prose. I uh, uh, there was this uh, collection that Lou Anders put together uh, called Mass. Excuse me, I'm going to <coughs> cough. Um, okay. And uh, we had to, it was prose superhero stories from people that wrote superheroes. Yeah. Um, and I was writing my pro superhero story, and then I saw uh, Matt Sturgis's that dog. Um, he he was the the fellow that co-wrote uh, Jack with oh, me, okay. Jack Offables. Um, Jack Offables. He submitted his story, and I read it, and his was so good that that mine was by comparison crap. So I switched to another idea and another. None, no. none of them on their own was as good as Matt's story. But I thought, what if I did all of them? <laughs> <coughs> what, you're going to beat them in a numbers game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I um, like it. So, I, so my story was A to Z in the big company superhero universe. And for every letter of the alphabet, I did a, a separate story about some superhero. Um, wow. And I did my, finally, I did my Aquaman story under you for Underman. Um, oh, very nice. And, uh, and did it. I did exactly that story. Um, and... Uh, uh, good it, old DC says, "Yeah, that was this is pretty good. You should do some of that kind of stuff for us." <laughs> what? Yeah. I wish. Oh my God, yeah, that's the but, worst. You know, the thing is, as a writer, you want to tell stories, yeah. and you want to get yourself minimally in a position where you have to beg someone for the permission to tell a good story. So, you know. <laughs> But sometimes it, it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I read mostly Marvel, so um, yeah. that sounds like a, a like a Namor, Black Panther mashup. You know, like if Wakanda and Namor, whatever. Cause Had isn't, a love child. They're going to um, turn out to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going to dance at the end of the sea dance. No, anyway... Um, did you see that movie, Back to the Future? Did you ever see Back to the Future? I, I did see Back to the Future. Okay, there we go. Uh, so uh, what I usually ask... <laughs> I, I like how you, you, you just, you're bobbing will, and weaving. I'll you go just, anywhere. I'll right. go anywhere you want to go. Because uh, I, I usually ask people what they collect, what they love ah. so much. Is there, something, is there something you enjoy a great I deal? I collect restraining orders. I don't like them. Uh, oh. No, I love... Making um, friends. I love books. You know, I, yeah? I love books, books. Uh, I think I think the digital age in comics is going to uh, revitalize a, a, a potentially moribund industry. So I'm all for it. But I also want I want the books on the shelves. I do that. Uh, I cannot I cannot collect- get out of a bookstore easily. Right. Um, oh. And we and, are at a uh, science fiction convention. It's yeah, pretty great. Yeah. Do you read all Do you read all kinds of literature? Do I read, read I read anything that passes my I I am I am uh, fiction and, and maybe this is what makes a good writer that that in in the uh, grand scoop, you know, you talk about these bussard ramjets that, that, that throw out this great big magnetic scoop to get enough fuel to, to run a rocket. Um, in the first instance, I will scoop up anything. Okay. Everything gets by the filter at first. 
the, the, the history, the novels, the, the uh, labels on cereal boxes, anything, because anything could potentially spark a story. Okay. Uh, but then as, of course, it gets closer to the, the, the work engine, um, right. you know, it has to more justify, it has to be a little better, a little more interesting. Um, uh, and then sometimes um, uh, that that turns around to bite you. Early on in my career, uh, I read a, a magazine called Science 81. It may have been Science 82. They kept changing the, the name of the magazine. To the with year? The, with the year. That is um, the dumbest it was, business. I know. It anyway. was very stupid. Uh, and they were eventually gobbled up by um, Discover Magazine. But, but Science 81, day. they would do these little blurbs of just fun, interesting facts from science. Oh. And I would read those, just looking for ideas. And I read once, there was just a little blurb that, that some scientists thought that they could probably, if they ever get cloning down, I mean, so they could really do it, we could probably recreate dinosaurs because these little bugs that have been around forever that, you know, snack on, on brontosaurus. They, they still actually thought there was such a thing called a brontosaurus back then. Um, <laughs> and then get caught in amber, and that's, that's preserved, and we could use that genetic material to clone dinosaurs. And I thought, that's a great, that is a great idea for a story. And then I put yeah. it away. Someday. Okay. And, of course, Crichton comes along. He had to have seen that same damn thing. Right. And, <laughs> and then there's Jurassic Park, and, and he's, you know... Did you see that? I did. See that movie? Yeah. I did. Um, yes, that, that is my story. Um, <laughs> that could have been. No, no, it's just, but it, that's a, just a great example of like, you know, you, you scoop up anything, but, right. but the gems, boy, make, make use of them because um, they belong to the first one who, not the it's first true. one who has the idea. There's right. no such thing. There, there's not a, a, a bit of value to an idea. None whatsoever. As a matter of fact, when I used to do science fiction conventions and, and comic conventions and feeling cocky, what are you doing uh, I would just okay. give away ideas. I'd throw them out. And oh. they'd say, why are you giving away these good ideas? Like, um, uh, like a hydra. A hydra, you chop off the head, there's two right. more. So and it, where's the medieval story where, like, an entire village, that's just their food supply? It's like they're chopping off heads and pretty soon they, they, they just have this meat bouquet. Right. Um, they're never going to run out of food. Right. Uh, there's no starvation. If you've if you got a hydra... You know, just go chop it off, and, and, and your meat supply doubles. Um, so, and and uh, Ellen Kushner, who is just a lovely, lovely woman, um, yes. on the panel says, why? Why are you giving that story, that Why would you say away? that out loud, that and, it doesn't have a said, copyright? Well, no, I was a cocky little shit then, and I said, uh, because even if someone uses it, when I use it, I'll do it better. And, oh, sure, what an arrogant thing to say. But the whole point is, is the idea is, is nothing. Until. Um, it's only if you if you put it to use. Uh, the uh, you know you see these TV shows like uh, I'm suing you because you stole my idea. There's no value in that. Once There's upon a, a time, no Graham? jury, no. Does that ever come you. up? Look, anyway, good segue you. Yeah, There's no jury in the world that should ever award uh, money for someone taking someone's idea. It's why didn't you write it first? So there you go. That's right. my opinion on that. Well, I, I do think that there's, because obviously that parallel That disagrees. Oh, well, that'll I happen. can't see anyone, so I'm just making that part <laughs> of Just some guy shaking his head yeah. in the dark. Yeah. But um, the, I do think that, that parallel thinking does, do you know Crichton, by the way? He's dead now. Oh, Nobody I, knows Crichton. Really? I no, he, he, uh, no I, I've never met him. No, me neither. I admire him, but I never met him. Okay. No, he was the guy that, that had Jurassic the idea, Park. but actually did it. 
Sure. And that's the that's the proof of everything. I do think that a lot of people write parallel thought, and and whoever gets noticed first gets the gets the bouquet. Oh, ideas are. Uh, who was it that said in the age of steam engines, people build steam engines? And the and the point there is that some ideas are in the air, but but even if they aren't, I, I mean, even even if someone has a perfect idea and another guy physically breaks into his house and steals it, right, and and rushes it. Uh, into a story first. The, the writing the story is what counts. There, there's a, I brought a friend here, Sean, who is in the audience, and I'm, I'm going to single him out, who gets paralyzed by, well, this idea might be a little too close to this, or a little too close to this, and, it, and it's just like, you know, I hope that's not an excuse to not write. Because writers will always look for excuses not to write. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, the idea is nothing. Execute, 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 execute. Okay. So, yeah. It's all production. Yeah. That yeah. that's I, I'm sorry for the rant. I'm sorry for the lecture. No, no, and it's a good one. Since there's, you know, half the people here are are working writers, and I should not, you know, try and teach Granny to suck eggs. Well, but I think that that everyone has an opinion about that stuff, and it needs. To, and yours is just uh, turns out just as valid as anybody's. It's beautiful. Yeah, but I also fact. have facts too, so so mine right. is actually even better. <laughs> See, see, and yeah. uh, so what do you do? You watch Once Upon a Time or Grimm or any of that? Of course I do. Uh, no, not Grimm not didn't grab me. Okay. Um, it was very much, um, um, uh, and maybe it's gotten better since. But in the first episode or two, it was definitely Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer in in fairy tale drag rather than vampires. And right. uh, you know, uh, Buffy was on its own a, a good show. Why why repeat that? Yeah. Uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, I think it's terrific. Um, it's a little frustrating, and sometimes when they do things like, "Oh God, I should have had that idea." Oh right, uh, right. But once again, they get to, they get to. The have guy that who idea. who exploits the idea first gets it, not uh, not not who has the idea, right? Who, who produces it, right? Right, and it's because um, there, there is so much great television on, and a lot yeah. of um, there's a lot of crap on too. But uh, so sure, have you have you gone through the pitch process in L.A. and and done all of that? I, I had. I've had just enough encounters with Hollywood to have a few good Hollywood stories, and that's about it. Um, I have really? I have a theory that nothing has actually ever been made because I don't see any way that the, the, the Hollywood system is this. Uh, we've been shopping fables around forever. And so part of my lack of resentment on Once Upon a Time, which is not a ripoff of fables, uh, getting to the air with their their fairy tale show, right? Uh, is that we had a 10-year head start. So we had every legitimate way to get something on there first. Uh, but um, I found out uh, I was not in the loop. DC was generous in buying the rights to shop uh, the Fables property around exclusively and not have me involved because it apparently pesky writers getting involved uh, creates all kinds of problems. Oh, does it? So they shopped it around, but it turns out that the guy that, that was shopping it for DC was turning down uh, offers right and left because he had a very particular vision about oh. what he wanted. Yes. Um, from time to time, uh, pilots were written uh, for a Fables series. Right. Uh, I eventually got a, a look at them. Uh, and they were fine pilots. Some uh, of them were. Only, you know, wouldn't have been great if you wrote a, uh, Fables uh, because it had nothing to do with Fables. Uh, they, you know, fixed everything. Um, oh, so, yeah, we had every opportunity. And when I say we, they, but, I, you know, I'm going to be connected to, to any Fables sure. movie or TV regardless. Uh, to get there first, 
Yeah. Uh, can't be resentful of the fact that, and, and ABC may well have, look, we, we tried to make a deal with them and they were undealable, so let's, let's just do our own show Version. along these lines. Or, more likely, who else is shopping a fairy tale show? This one, let's do that. Um, uh, and, and I think that's fine. Uh, the question was, did I ever pitch? So, um, but here's how, here's how the, the TV and, and movie industry works. You have a guy, hot young Turk at a, let's call it this studio. Right. He loves love fables. He's going to make it. He is determined that if I do nothing else in, uh, in this world, I'm going to get fables, the TV series. <laughs> yes. Though. And we've got this, you know, guy and rah rah, and it's going to happen. Uh, well, this is a hot young Turk, and uh, hot young Turks don't stay any place very long. And so Sony grabs him and says, we want you to come be our hot young Turk at a higher salary and more thing. And he leaves. Well, the next guy that fills hot young Turk's place, there yeah. really is doors that say hot young Turk. Excellent. He comes in, and the first thing he does, just like lions, that when a lion takes over a pride, the first thing they do is kill all the cubs so the females will come into a heat. Oh. The first thing that the next guy does is, well, I'm not going to continue any of his projects because if they work, he gets the glory. If they fail, I get the blame. No one's going to do that. So he, the first thing the new guy does is kill every single thing that's in the pipeline. And then starts his own, but then he's lured away, and so all of these things are being killed. Right. I don't think anything can ever actually get made, and that anything we thought we saw on TV and or movies is just a figment of our collective <laughs> imagination. There has never been yeah. a movie. There's never the been TV because they can't make them under that system. It cannot right. be done. And when that guy goes to Sony, he can't take any of the projects with him because he no. doesn't own the IP, blah, blah. Yeah. So. It's a great... Uh, it, uh, so that's how... The, uh, I was, you know, dealing with Hollywood just enough to, to make sure that, see how that worked. Uh, with the exception of Jim Henson Pictures, Lisa Henson wanted to make fables in the worst way, actually in the best way, and she was the only one who um, had clearly read all the issues and would ask direct questions about what's going to happen with this character and what's going to happen with this character. And they loved the series, so of course yeah. they couldn't make it Ugh. because DC, uh, some actual hot young Turk came to Warner TV and said, if you can get me Fables of the TV series, I'll work for you guys. And they snatched it right away from her. Uh, but that, that time in Hollywood was, it broke all my fantasies. No one, they were so nice. And I thought Hollywood people were not supposed to be nice. Right. Uh, and I didn't even get caught in traffic in L.A., just oh, really? zoomed right to the studio. Well, that would have been um, your first clue that you were that, living yeah, I was, in I was, an illusion. It was one of those Mission Impossible things where they create an exact duplicate of the city <laughs> just to fool you into signing away the nuclear secrets, which oh. I had. Oh. Um, that's what I think. Anyway. I think you're right. I think that you're right. So what... Um, so th- you, you said that there's going to be a Fables convention or a, f- a convention uh, for... It is called Fable Town and Beyond. It's going to Fable happen next year uh, right down the road in Rochester, Minnesota. Minnesotans. It's going to be in March. So, yes, it's going to be kind of a winter fest. But as every Minnesotan knows, we have entire underground cities to where you'll never need to go outside. Right. And March um, is nice in Minnesota because you can... There's, sometimes there's a, there's a heat wave where you can drive around with your uh, windows down and the heat cranked. Sometimes, yes. That's my favorite thing to do in Minnesota. Well, the two seasons in Minnesota are winter and bad sledding. That's it. Um, (laughs) But uh, we're going to do, uh, uh, it's March 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. If you go to, it's 2013. It's it's Fables 2013. It's Fables and books like it. So, for example, um, 
uh, Kill Shakespeare or Mouse Guard or Mice Templar or or the stuff books. of legend, which is you know animate toys, uh, all those kinds of things that are in the folklore, fairy tale, mythology, and literature and talking animal kind of corner <laughs> of it. Not superheroes, but that that kind of you know um, old fashioned kind of stories right, uh, right. corner. Uh, it's a it's a convention specifically to celebrate those kinds of books. Uh, our guest of honor is going to be Mark Buckingham, who draws fables, uh, and uh, it's going to be terrific. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to keep doing that this commercial amazing. until you shut me up. That's so. no. That's uh, right. let's applaud for that because that's cool. Let's applaud for that. I like. I'd like to encourage some uh, some applause for that. More and to the point, I, I have yeah. to finish the commercial. Oh please! If you will go right now with all of your little handheld uh, devices, which are not. Don't do it. I'll, your, your face is a little Let me, let me uh, okay. clear one thing up. We've gone beyond the Star Trek communicator. Quit calling these things, oh, look, we've, we've done the Star Trek communicator. They could not do all this stuff with the, the true. you know, that, that we can. Yeah. This is Jack Kirby's mother box. This is New God stuff. Um, so get I your mother box out and go to FablesCon, all one word, Fables, plural, con, Dot com. Okay. All that's there is a placeholder now, but you can sign up. You can put your email in there, and we will we will give you all the information as it happens. And if you if you live in Minneapolis and and you like fables and you don't show up, then well you're dead to me. Uh, <laughs> so. And you've no. chosen poorly. Like you've um, chosen very poorly. Have you read most of those other titles you mentioned? Oh yeah, I love them. And it, Who does you know love when a you're talking about a sword. Pardon me. Mouse with a sword. Mouse with a sword. Mouse with a sword. We'll see. We we love mice with sword ever ever since Reaper Cheap in, in Narnia. Okay, uh, I've loved yeah. mice with sword, and I think it's because we're paying off a karmic debt. I mean, uh, uh, when the dinosaurs died, all mammals were like these little mice things right. that lived underground, that then eventually grew up to become us. If the dinosaurs hadn't died, or if these mice things had not gotten bold enough to grow up to become us, mm-hmm. uh, well, we wouldn't be us. Right. Uh, so we're we're saying by doing all these heroic mice stories, mm-hmm. saying thanks a lot, uh, you helped us out there. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. That's great. And here's your tale. No, I like it. So, um, did you read a lot of fairy tales? As a, I mean, what what oh, gotcha. what brought that? What what made that go? Just because they're awesome, or well, I liked it? comic books as a kid. I I uh, I read comics before I could read because uh, uh, my dad was stationed in Germany, and we had a large family. I I had uh, five older sisters, um, so I got a lot of reading to me uh, done oh, okay. because we did not have a TV, uh, which probably explains why we were such a large family. Right. Do the math. Um, but they were also trying to get a boy, maybe, because you're the only yeah, boy? Yeah, no, no, I had one brother, but, oh, good. Uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know why uh, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We finally, they finally got a boy, and they were going to stop. Uh, but apparently, you know, if there's nothing good on TV, <laughs> and then there was me. Right. Um, and then my yeah, little, I was oh, the spare, just, too. I have yeah? four older oh. brothers, and my sister was born, and my grandmother said, finally, someone to wait on the boys. Yeah, I'm kind of happy I exist. Oh, sure. Um, I'm, pretty hap- I'm pretty happy you exist. So, it's neat. I love Yeah, so I love comic books. Okay, yeah. And the thing about comic books is you quickly find out that a lot of these characters exist in the same fictional universe as each other, and I like that aspect of it. But story stories tended not to do that, except the first time I read or got read to me uh, The Three Little Pigs or Red Riding Hood, whichever order they came in, and realized, 
oh, the villain in one's probably the, it's the big bad wolf. It's the same villain in the others. And suddenly it's like, they can do crossovers too. So um, oh, so then I got yeah. interested in it, and, and I started reading more, and, and uh, uh, I love the stories. Um, I like that there's the, the, that you don't do just European, but that you're also doing them. Well, we started with European, but yeah. we're spreading out. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's neat to me. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, and so what would you recommend? Um, like, people should read your stuff, and they do, and it's lovely, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But what, what, what else would you, would you recommend that people should read or see or that... Uh, well, if you're, if you're all, they might not all caught up on my stuff. Right. If you're all and caught up. And you read up. every comic and every the novel. The Forest came out this week. And every short story. And you have a little time, and you think there might be something else you might want to read. Uh, is that what you're saying? What yes. other things yes. are there out there? Yes. Um, Shakespeare. Well, Shakespeare's sure. pretty great. Uh, that's a two-part answer to the question. First, consider just rereading my stuff, because you'll find other things, gems in there that you didn't find the first time. It no, is a pretty good seriously, reread. Um, there is... There is so much, and, and, and to, to the, uh, mo- for the most part, I hate these questions only because um, in the, the French term, the, the wit of the stairs, I'll think of all the good answers I should have given uh, too late after the fact. Right. That said, uh, there are uh, certain writers I will uh, read anything you wrote. If, if, if you like um, uh, really badass heroes in, in historical contents, Context: Anything by Bernard Cornwell, the Sharp series, the uh, uh, the the Arthurian stuff he does, uh, the medieval stuff. He's he's doing the uh, uh, the Say Hundred Years again? War. Uh, Bernard Cornwell. Cornwell. Um, I will put that in the notes. That sounds um, great. He does something that I've stolen, which is he he has characters in a historical setting, mm-hmm. uh, and will write an, a nice fiction about some famous battle or whatever. But at the end, he'll always say, "This is how I changed. This is what really happened, and this is how this is how I've changed it to get my character Richard Sharp or my character King Art or whatever in in there." Uh, so I love oh, so that. So he'll give the, you the real the real story yeah, at the end. Yeah. Oh, good for him. And, it, and it's uh, just just terrific. Uh, I stuff, wish they would have done that in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he came later to abolitionism than they imply. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, Bill Willingham, uh, it has been an hour. Do you realize? The oh, time has done? flown. Yeah. yeah we it's are pretty five great. minutes over time. Well, but. I uh, owe each of you five minutes. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I apologize. Uh, feel free to hunt him down. No. And, uh, but uh, this is, thank you so much for coming out to a live dork for us. There is merch in the back if you want it, uh, and I will sit around and meet everybody. Thank you so much for coming out to the show. Good night, you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was good. Boy, that was a quick hour. All right. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?